Welcome back, Bucketheads. It's Joe with at CBB DFS, and I got Bird with me, and we're ready for another Saturday morning shoot-around. What's up, Birdie? Joseph, we're back, buddy. Let's, we let's, are. Uh, uh, a lot better slate this time around, not just in prize pool, but in, in kind of quality, in my opinion. What are your initial thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I'm actually really excited for tomorrow. Um, I'm going to see if I can get my wife to really kind of focus on the children so <laughs> I can focus on basketball. Yes. Um, the border war is back. You know, I'm a, obviously a Kansas fan, so mm-hmm. the first time they played since 2012, I think. Yeah, um, almost so 10 years. Yeah, so so that's super exciting. Uh, we've got not not on the slate, but Illinois Arizona. Really, really looking forward to that. And and that Houston Alabama game at late night. Uh, there's not a That'd whole lot awesome. of other games on tonight, but that's going to be fantastic. I know, but first we got to talk about these morning games. And and real quick before I get into those on the border war, it's the only massive line we have on the slate is a twenty, you know, the twenty banger according to Ken Palm projection. So I don't expect much of a game in that one, but it is nice to see that old rivalry reunited. Yeah, the students at Allen Fieldhouse have been camping out since Tuesday, um, so it's going to be electric in, in Allen Fieldhouse. It'll be a good time for sure. That's a that's a awesome place to watch a basketball game, Bucketheads, if you haven't done it, and it's within your realm of possibility. If you do destination trips or anything like that, uh, make that trip to Lawrence, get a cheeseburger at the wheel. Life will be good, I promise you. Yeah, that's right. a fact. Yeah, so, so we had a 10 tip tomorrow which is a little bit earlier than normal so i think that's something important to to point out uh 15 entry uh 5k to first um let, we're not going to get into like the way the prize structures are formatted and things like no. that like we can do better dk let's 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 step it up but it is what let's it just is just win the five thousand let's just win the five thousand bucks and, and go on yep yep don't get ninth because you only get like 50 bucks for that and last Saturday, what was it? A grand a first. So I'll, I'll take the 5K. Let, let's get some stakes in here and let's let's get this going with Nebraska Auburn, which is that 1030 tip that you were talking about. Um, now, this is a bigger line. Auburn is a 12 point favorite. Um, the over under here, this is, again, Ken Palm's projections on fan match. So it's supposed to be around 150 with Auburn, an implied point total of 81. Bird, I'm going to start with you on the Nebraska side because there's things I want to talk about on the Auburn side. Uh, anything stick out for you on Auburn on uh, Nebraska? Oh yeah, so so we got a pace up game here in general, right? Nebraska is 32nd in tempo, Auburn's 53rd in tempo. Um, you know, Alonzo Verge, 31% usage, top five assist rates nationally. At 7,500, I think he's just totally he's totally in play. I, I think mm-hmm. he's just, he his usage is is there at night in and night out. And so I think you can definitely take a look at him. Um, I want Bryce McGowan's to be good, uh, but he's just been so inefficient. He's priced down below 6K. Um, I think you could think about him in a GPP. Um, hope he can find his groove a little bit. Yeah. And then the last one I'll throw out here is a, a Kasey, uh Tomonaga, and he is 4,400. He was uh, kind of billed as a sharpshooter coming out of Juco, shot 48% from three. Uh, in the Juco ranks, he's getting up a ton of shots. Like he just fires away when he's on the court. Um, he's playing more minutes of late at 4,400, you know, maybe he gets lucky and, and, and hits a few threes and shows some of that form, um, that he really had in the Juco ranks. But, uh, Verge is probably, is obviously my top play from, from Nebraska. Um, but really it's probably the Auburn side that we that we want to focus on even more. Yeah, probably just given their implied point total of 81. I will say one thing about McGowan's, um, He's hit 30 plus DK six times. So I, I think you're right in calling him a GPP play because of the last two games, 17, 16.75, that's not going to cut it. But, you know, you look at the 41 and the 37, he know, you know he has that ability to go off. And with this being pacey, a kind of a unique tip with some eyes on it at 1030, if he's that kind of player, you know, this could be a good spot for him. And I think you'll find as we go through this, and Bird, back me up here, and even if you don't back me up, just lie and pretend that you do. Um, but that this five, this six to five thousand dollar price range is the the sweet spot on this slate. Yeah, it, it really is. I, I think I think you bring up a really good point. It's probably there's probably no reason to force in some some marginal type of plays or some some really risky plays because there's a lot of uh, kind of goodness in that in that middle tier uh, that you should be able to really set a nice balanced lineup. And, and still be able to get to access to some of those upside plays. 
Yeah, for sure. You can leave a lot of money on the table tomorrow and take this thing down. It's one. It's going to be frustrating in the builds, especially with nine games. But flipping over yeah. to Auburn, like you're saying, someone who's not in that range is Jabari Smith, 9,100. Uh, I love watching this guy play, and if you haven't had a chance to check him out, um, I mean, he's a one and done. He, he looks like an NBA player right now. Um, Nebraska struggles on the board, so he's going to clean up a ton of rebounds. He's just a, a special player and should have a massive game, but – 9,000 bucks is a big chunk of change, right? Yeah, it's a ton, but but there's not many teams you can that you want to see more against you in a DFS right. perspective than Nebraska, right? It's going to be a track meet. They're not going to play any defense. He should get a million rebounds, and he is he is awesome. He is. Yeah, just he really is. Player. He really is. I like, you know, and you know, Katie Johnson's my guy um, transferring over from Georgia. Pearl really didn't know how to use him in the beginning of the year, had him coming off the bench as a spark plug type of guy. Well, now he's kind of fixed in that starting lineup. Prices come up to 6,800, but this is another guy who's super talented. We love the matchup at 6,800. I like Katie Johnson. And then the last Alburn guy I want to mention again in that six to five range is Walker Kessler. And, uh, so he he's got a little bit of question questionable tag, but the 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 word is that he's probably going to play. Only played eight minutes last game, um, but we've seen him have uh, some really big games. And at 5700, again with Nebraska's lack of rebounding ability, uh, it could be a a low owned GPP smash if if the the injury isn't lingering and he he can go a full load. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And this is a 10:30 start, so we should know. Uh, before tip if he's in the starting lineup or not if he doesn't happen to play uh dylan cardwell down at 4300 and maybe a gpp dart you could look at guys 611 250 he's actually produced really well when he's on the court he's just not very he's just not on the court very much sure um but but he's a he's a potential flyer if you see his name in the starting lineup with kessler out um and, and you're looking to get weird early on It'd be a fun way to start the day, you know, get a smash burger right out of the gate. Uh, this is definitely going to be one of the more fun DFS friendly games right out, right out of the bat. Yeah. Yeah. That one, that one is really good. The, the second game that we have here, uh, BYU at Creighton is probably not so not, not as good. No. Uh, over under of 139 BYU six point road favorite. And, and, and Joe, you know, you're, you're a Creighton guy and, and some really favorable pricing on, on the Creighton side. There really is. There really is. Um, so I'm not a big Hawkins guy. Uh, I mean, he's a good player, um, but for $7,000, uh, I just would rather see a little bit higher usage and shot rate. Um, I'd prefer the freshman. I, I love Nemhard at 5,400. Uh, Kaluma is there. Uh, he's another freshman who really has the highest usage on the team. He's at 4,600. These guys get better and better every game, and I still think they're incredible bargains. Now, BYU is a tough, tough matchup for them. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm not expecting monsters, but I think they're really solid playable guys with upside. And then, you know, another one of my, my favorites from last year, who's starting to, uh, really come around is, uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner at 4,400. Um, I think given that BYU isn't going to race Creighton out of the gym and Creighton's really not playing as fast as the Creighton we remember from the last couple years. Um, Kalkbrenner at 4,400 really could be a, a nice play for them as well. You, you kind of like Kalkbrenner tomorrow too, don't you? Yeah, I do at 4,400. I think that's a great price. Um, you mentioned BYU. They are, they are sound defensively, um, but really their, peri- their perimeter defense is very solid. They do have a tendency to foul a lot and, and Kalkbrenner is drawing five fouls per 40 minutes. And so maybe he can take advantage of that down low. He's a great rebounder. You know, as long as he gets the minutes, there's no reason why Cockrenner shouldn't smash at 4,400. Awesome. Anything you like on the BYU side of this? Um, they're, they're just okay. This is one of those games where there's there's some players you can certainly play and look at. You know, Alex Barcelo, you can set your watch that he's going to score between 28 and 32. Um, but the, he really hasn't offered a ceiling all year long, especially at 7,900. Um, same thing with Tejon Lucas, you know, he's 7,100 and, and he's been very good. He's been right around 30 DK points, highest shot share on the team, um, highest assist rates. And, and Creighton is frankly not good defensively this year. No. So I think he is a, is a good target. I think he can hover right around that 30 DK range, but I just don't see a ton of upside, especially at these prices for Barcelo and, and Tejon Lucas. And I'm probably not going to go down low, I mean, maybe Spencer Johnson, but I just this is probably one of those spots where I don't really feel like forcing it 
um, no. with a BYU team on the road. Yeah, Loner, 5,600. He's had some games. And Spencer Johnson, a couple games ago, had a little heat check where he went off for 31. But if you're looking in this price range, much rather prefer the Creighton side of this. Yeah, yeah, I think so. If you're looking for BYU, the, the one good thing is you will be a loner if you play them with some low. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that I, is a fact. We're, we're, we're hot early. I like it. Um, let's keep it going. Uh, this yeah. this line in, in Ken Palm really surprised me. Uh, uh, Syracuse, a one-point favorite over Georgetown, uh, but the total here was projected at 157. Isn't that high? Well, neither team plays defense. I think you and I could go out and put up pretty good numbers against these guys, either, either team. Well, mine would be assist and rebound numbers, though. Yeah. You, you knew your role. You were go play tough defense, rebound, make great passes, and, and hit game-winning shots. So I got, I got a hot take on this one. Ooh. So I was looking at uh, some of the advanced metrics, and 51% of the shots, 51.6% of the shots against Syracuse are from three. We all know they play that 2-3 zone, um, and, you know, getting open looks is, is a big part of that, but that, that that's a huge number, and that's actually 358th in the nation out of 358 teams. Now, Georgetown has a player. His name is Caden Rice. He kind of is a stretch four. He plays the four, a little bit of the three. He's 4,100. Um, he's really their team's sharpshooter. Um, he's taken at least seven three-point attempts in every game this year. He He's coming off a 10 of 12 from three and uh, had 34 real points last game. So, uh, And it's not like he's just chucks. He's hitting 45% of it. He's got 75 three-point attempts already this year, hitting 45%, and he's playing the team that allows the most looks from three in the nation. So Caden Rice, 4,100, deep cut. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's I I had to look at that twice. They, they played eight games. And he's taken seventy five threes. That's awesome, like isn't it? In, in my dream world. Uh, but also just kind of sticking with Georgetown, I, I think they're priced pretty well. Muhammad and Harris are priced okay to play. If you really want exposure to either one of them, I'm fine. I'm not going to fight you. I will say that Ryan Matumbo, Dikembe's son, his minutes have been creeping up, creeping up a little bit. We know that the uh, Orange have a hard time rebounding in that 2-3 zone. And, uh, you know, he's went from 13 to 16 and 18. And his last time out, he had 15, 11, uh, with f- 15 and 11 with four blocks. So Ryan Mutombo at 4,000, if you have a weird forward $4,000 hole, that could be interesting. Um, but that th- those are really the main guys who stuck out, stuck out for me for Georgetown. Yeah, with the over-under of 157, um, you look at, uh, you mentioned him, but you, you look at Dante Harris, mm-hmm. he hasn't had a game below 27 DK all season long and yeah. he's 5,900, you know, he's under six K. And so if you're looking to set a cash lineup, I think he's kind of a cash game staple in a game with the elite kind of environment and the high floor that he's shown all year. I think, you know, he's a great starting point in your cash lineups. Yes, yeah, super, super high floor, super consistent. Like like some of the other guys, hasn't shown major ceiling, but, you know, set your watch to it, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think of probably another one, if we flip over to the Syracuse side, uh, looking at Jesse Edwards at 5,300. Yeah. Um, top 35 in the nation in offensive rating on Ken Palm. He's a great offensive rebounder. He's a, he's a great shot blocker. We know this game's going to get up and down. Uh, he feels really underpriced. Probably another great kind of cash game staple for, for anyone out there with, with some upside. Yeah, and and, and the, there's no update on Sibby, so it's not like he's going to come out and come out of the tunnel like Willis Reed when this game starts. Um, so it should be Edwards' job down low. And hey, I got a question for you, Bird. With with Syracuse, like we know the guards, we know what they do. I just have a hard time figuring out whose turn it's going to be, so I just fade it. Yeah, they've been they've been a little bit frustrating, you know. So so Buddy Bayheim is down to 7,400, which I think he yeah. was in the mid to high eights at, at, at some points this year. He is a career kind of 36, 38% three-point shooter. He's only shooting 25.8% from three this year. So he's a proven commodity. Like we know he can score. If he can break out of his funk, which th- this certainly is the game environment to do it, at, at 7,400, he seems like he's worth the risk. In, in my mind, especially in GPP, he's not a cash target, but but it, but in your tourney lineups, I think he's a guy you could certainly look at, and if he can return to form, I mean, he could easily get a you know a forty burger tomorrow. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. We've seen him do it a number of times, but you know, the, the minute I put him in my lineup will be the minute Gerard goes for 40. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And well, you know, in Cole Swider, he's, he's got five X over his last few games. He's playing a ton of minutes. I think you could look, I, I don't think you could really go too wrong um, targeting almost everyone, almost anyone in, in this game. Yeah. I think Slider is playable. I think, like you said, Gerard is playable. Um, I, I think there's just a lot of great options. Over under 157, you know, don't overthink it. This game's going to be a track meet, and mm-hmm. there's just going to be a ton of possessions, ton of opportunity. Yep. I like it. Let's go to a game that will not have a ton of possessions or a ton of opportunity. <laughs> Our lowest over under on the slate, that's Wisconsin and Ohio State. The Buckeyes are four-point favorites. You know, my notes before we did this pod just says, is this a Davis versus Liddell game? Yeah, Liddell, number one player in, in Ken Palm, uh, player of the year rating. Uh, Johnny Davis is number four, and, and they've both been phenomenal. They are phenomenal. Um, over under of 136 with, with all the other games on the slate. Um, you can certainly play either one of those guys, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, but I just don't see any any reason to go into any of these secondary plays, like you know, like a Zed Key or a Tyler Wall. I, I just I just don't see any reason to to dive into this game. No, yeah, because you're you're hoping they're the number two option that day, and yeah. you're hoping you know they have a, a nice day where when you flip back up to that Georgetown Syracuse, you know you can get a little more upside, even if they're not the number two option, the number three, the number four option in that game on a team is going to have just as much, if not more than the number two option in this game. Yeah. So, you know, great real life game, uh, you know, should be a great basketball game, but it's just really not a great DFS environment that we want to, we want to get a lot of ownership in. So let's move on. Yeah, let's do it. Let's move on to that Arkansas game, which this is a this is a really nice game. Arkansas, a lot of favorable pricing, I think. But Arkansas, three-point favorite at Oklahoma, uh, over-under of 143. I don't understand how Butler just went into Oklahoma and beat them earlier <laughs> this week. That is a yeah. really, really bad loss um, for Port yeah. Mosher. Um, and now they get Arkansas. So Yeah, Arkansas that- is one of what I think it's nine unbeatens left. And, and yeah, and, and they're super fun. <laughs> we, we love Arkansas. Yeah. We, you know, Arkansas and Alabama have kind of become some of our homer teams. We, you know, that we that we flock to. And from a DFS perspective, there, there's good reason, especially with these pricing, right, Joe? Oh, especially with this pricing. Uh, we've been on J.D. Note since he was a reserve, you know, and he's averaging 37 DK a game. But for some reason, they still have him at 5,700. Now, when he was coming off the bench last year, he was their instant offense guy. He'd come in and score 20 points in 20 minutes. This year, he's handing out assists. He's pulling down rebounds. And if you watch the team play, he's option number one. Uh, and it's, it's, it's really – it's taken that – normally a volatile scoring dependent guy and made him a lock play, but we're still getting him at that volatile scoring guy price at 5,700. And I'm, I'm just smash JD note in every lineup until I, in my opinion, he's a $7,500 player at least. Yeah. He, you know, minutes were the thing that kind of held him back a little bit last year too. And he's getting all the minutes he can handle this year. So he's, yeah, I think he's a smash button even against an Oklahoma team that that is a, a solid defensive team. They are a solid defensive team, and and there's there's other pieces on this Arkansas team too. I mean, it's 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 a good team, like Bird said. Uh, we we enjoy watching them. You look at the Miami transfer. Chris Likes is at down at forty two hundred. He's a good cheap GPP option as someone who can blow up. And then another play I really like on here is Jalen Williams at fifty four hundred. He's the four, but he's had some really awkward and weird games from a statistical standpoint. He's been passing the ball a lot out of the post, and and from that four spot, he's averaging seven points, nine boards, and four assists a game. Um, so Jalen Williams just has carving out a really untraditional role in the college game at, at the forward spot. Yeah. Jalen Williams is, he might be my favorite, like in terms of like a basketball player and yeah. what he brings for that team, he might be my favorite player on that team because he does all those little things. He fills up the stat sheet. He is in my mind, he's like one of the key players on that team. It probably goes unnoticed to most people, but he's, he's awesome. You know, and I guess the other person we can mention is Devo Davis, um, at 6,100, he's been over three, um, over 30 DK 
in three straight games. His usage has gone up recently, uh, at least nine field goal attempts in four of his last five games. So that usage is increasing, which is really good to see. We know he's a super talented player, too, um, has some scoring, has some assist upside. So, yeah, there's a lot to like on that Arkansas side of the of the of the game. There is. And I don't want to and not to throw out another one, but uh, Dave's Tony has been fantastic, too. Yep. I mean, I, I typically don't play someone with only a 13 percent shot share on their team. But he's another guy who fills in and can have those, you know, games where he goes seven of nine from the floor and put up 30 DK and he's 5,400. Again, we're talking about that six to five range. Uh, it's going to be very, very important. The decisions we make in that price range when we're doing our builds tomorrow, um, as to how this thing's going to turn out. Hey, on the Oklahoma side bird, uh, you know, let's go to the big 12 and let's, uh, let's see what you, what your feeling is on the Sooners. Yeah, this is hard because you're getting a pace up game. Arkansas plays 20th in tempo. Uh, you know, so, so Oklahoma is getting a pace up game, which is always something that we look for. Uh, Arkansas gives up. Let's let me look at some numbers here. 267th uh, in, in three point field goal per percentage defensively. Um, they are, they're 343rd in the nation in a you know, number of three point field goal attempts that they allow to other teams. And they're 275th in, in preventing assists uh, per field goal made on defense. So it really profiles well to Oklahoma guards, you know, more than more than the forwards. So probably no Tanner Groves um, today. Um, it's <laughs> technically a guard. Oh, go ahead, Joe. No, I was going to say Tanner no Groves. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, so so I'm probably not as interested. In, well, it profiles to be a guard play um, sure. for Oklahoma, but you know, Mo Gibson has been he's only hit five X in three of his last seven games this year. Uh, Goldwire is priced at a season high price point. Uh, Elijah Harkless was a player who was super good last year. Um, probably has the highest floor of, of any of the Oklahoma Sooner guards, but at 6,800, I just don't see a lot of upside that he brings to the table either. Right. So even though it profiles great as a, as a, a guard play for Oklahoma, I just don't see anybody that really stands out. And, and again, when we, we talked about this already, but with some of the other options on the slate, I just don't see a reason to force uh, an Elijah Harkless or a Mo Gibson because it profiles well when you have, you know, smash opportunities in that Georgetown Syracuse game, when you have the pricing that you have on the Arkansas side, I, I just, I, you know, for me, it, it's just, I, I think you go towards uh, some of those safer options and those better, uh, better uh, game environments. Yeah. And, and Oklahoma's a, a pretty balanced team. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, they they do a good job uh, sharing the basketball and taking turns and taking good shots. And that's what Porter Moser does. And that's what he's instilling on this team. So it, it does. They don't have uh, outside of Groves. There's really there isn't a, a secondary score that you can set your watch to as this will be the guy today. You know, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And and I do think, you know, so uh, we're, we're not going to be alone in our thinking here. There's going to be certain games and there's going to be certain teams that that a lot of people target, especially in tournaments. So if you're looking to do something different, you know, there's certainly opportunities to do that. You know, we're just trying to give, you know, what has the highest likelihood of, of potentially happening. For sure. If you want to win a GPP, you got to get unique in some spots. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right. Let's go to Clemson and Drake. Now this is a, uh... This is a uh, uh, at Drake actually. Clemson uh, is a three point favorite. The over under here is one thirty nine. Um, Clemson's lost four of five. Um, they're a, a, a really a slow team that's not that deep. Uh, I'm not. I don't have a ton of recommendations here, but it's hard to ignore the fact that their whole team kind of revolves around PJ Hall down low. Yeah, PJ Hall stands out, and I think this is actually it's a neutral site game. They're playing in Atlanta. That's right. Um, it would be awesome, though. Like, I would, we would love to see some of these Power Five teams, Power Six teams, go play uh, at a place like Drake, or you know, at a you know, yeah, that, that would be of, awesome. Yeah, I, I think that's cool. I wish it happened more often. It, it doesn't. Um, PJ Hall is for me too. I fully agree. He's kind of who stands out in this game at fifty five hundred. Um, I think he's underpriced still at this point. They're they are a favorite. I think he's probably more athletic than than a lot of the Drake players. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really, I don't really want to get into the rest of the Clemson guys though. Like there's, there's too much balance. There's not enough usage. There's not enough. There's really not a, a standout outside of PJ Hall, at least in my opinion. 
Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna kind of see the same thing with Drake, except for the pricing's a little worse. Um, the last comment on Hall. 30% uh, shot share for that team, 27% usage. He's really kind of adopted that Amir Sims role. Um, but at 5,500, I, I love him at that price, um, given those, those uh, usage metrics. With Drake, this is a team that's won their first three of the games, first three games, lost their next three games, and then they're currently on a three-game winning streak. But you look at this team, nothing jumps off the page at you. You know, uh, Tucker DeVries is, uh, what uh, you know, 6,400. He, he's kind of their, their, their lead guy. Um, uh, he's a good looking, uh, good looking youngster that they have who can step out and shoot it despite, you know, playing down low. But I, I, I can't, I can't pay 6,400 for him. And then Bird, you remember Hemphill from last year, sixty one hundred. That's probably name recognition. He's still, he's not the same guy. No, he's not. He, he's he's a good player. He's you know he's solid. But at sixty one hundred, again, when you can go get uh, a Devo Davis for sixty one hundred, or you can go get a, a JT Note a JD Note for four hundred dollars less, or a Jalen Williams for seven hundred dollars less. It's just it, it's hard to justify. Um, you know, last year with Drake, I like to play that Darnell Brody a little bit. He was a, a Seton Hall transfer, but he has been a complete non-factor this year. Uh, you know, Garrett uh, Garrett Sturts is maybe somebody else in Drake you could look at. He's got back-to-back 5X games. He's playing around roughly 30 minutes, um, but he has shown no upside. He hasn't hit 30 DK all season long. So this is just one of those kind of middling games that uh, you just – I don't think there's maybe outside of PJ Hall. I don't think there's a whole lot of reason to to get excited about. No, let's move on then. Yeah, let's do it. I like that. Yeah, so so UCLA is going to go to Marquette uh, as a seven point favorite. A really nice over under of one fifty three, which that's not really a surprise. We know Marquette's going to be playing at one of the fastest paces of any of the teams in the nation. And, and Joe, you know UCLA continues to be really really kind of overpriced i guess in my yeah. opinion um all year prices. all year long they've been overpriced and I, I think part of that's from the tournament run and part of that's because they return so many people so they they open the year overpriced and they've just stayed there haven't adjusted down they're like the polar opposite of like arkansas yeah it, it's super frustrating because i think there's some there's some great options especially in this pace up environment where you know they're going to get up and down um, if I were to pick one Bruin, I'd probably look at Johnny Juzang. You know, his price is down about a thousand dollars. He's still sitting at that 31% shot share. Um, he's taken double digit shots in every game this season. And so I, I do think the Bruins are, are generally overpriced. Um, but I could see this as a game where, where, where Juzang really gets, you know, a ton of looks, a ton of shots in transition. Uh, and if he can rebound well and maybe get a, a steal or a block in there. I think he's probably the best price Bruin. Uh, Riley's potentially going to come back for this game down low for the Bruins. So Miles Johnson, you know, is going to probably split time with him. And the rest of the guys just really seem overpriced given their their roles on the team. Yeah, especially, you know, Riley's not shy about taking shots either. So how's that going to, you know, rob Peter to pay Paul? You know, it'll be interesting to see how that wakes out. I, it stinks because you do see the over-under and you do see UCLA implied for 80 and, and – I just I can't I can't make a recommendation. I do like where you're going with Juzang because again with Marquette playing at that third fastest tempo in the nation, uh, that's definitely something that uh, would be intriguing as a visiting player, even though it's on the road. Yeah, I mean Tiger Campbell has increased his usage his usage slightly, and, and you know so having the ball in his hands in a fast paced game, you know there's a potential that he could get there. He's just the guy that maybe, maybe it's just because we've been playing. The CBB DFS for too long, but he he rarely has shown upside. I know he had a he had a really nice game last time out against Colorado, but that's been the exception rather than the norm. Right. Who do you like from uh, the Marquette side? I like Justin Lewis. Um, you know, he's coming off a 43 pack, uh, on Wednesday, he's got a 27% shot share on the team and he's at 7,500. He's kind of their go-to guy. Um, I would, we raved about Morcel, uh, Daryl Morcel, and the way he started the year. He opened the season with uh, four consecutive 20-point games, and we thought that he was going to be a really nice piece for Shaka's uh, Marquette team. 
But since then, he hasn't topped 11 regular points. So his price is starting to come down. 7,000 is still probably a little bit too much for me. But in a big game like this, uh, still, I'm staying away. Not because Just because the, the, the stroke hasn't been there since the start of the season. So really, Justin Lewis is the main guy who stands out for me. And Bird, you and I have been kind of watching Cam Jones a little bit. Yeah, I have his I have his up here. I was going to ask you about Cam Jones. You know, he had a 21 DK last time out, uh, 22 game, 22 DK, uh, two games ago, and you know he's playing you know, 25, 30 minutes a game at 4200. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. Uh, you know, it, it's a it's a young player who's taking advantage of his opportunities, and I think he just keeps continuing to earn more and more time. And you know, he's he's done a good job with it, and so. Cam Jones is something that I would consider as well. Outside of that, um, I, I don't really have – I'm still trying to figure out Marquette. I mean, you know you know good and well that Justin Lewis is going to get his. But outside of that, you know, this is a team that is 86th in the nation in Benchman. So they, they're still figuring out their rotations. We start, we're starting to see trends like Cam Jones' playing time increase. Um, but uh, – it's hard for me to point anyone in another direction. Yep. Is that a cop out for me, Bird? No, I think that's fair. Um, you could look at Kirkwath um, down at thirty eight hundred. He's but a, then he's you got a root for Kirkwath. <laughs> he's he's guy uh, sounds like an extra in a Star Wars movie. He might have been. He might have <laughs> been in those. Uh, he might have been like one of those musicians in the background. Yeah, uh, or or he could be part Wookiee. He's a he's, he's a good he's rebounder. A he's a shot blocker. He's not going to score any points, but he's got 20 DK in three of his last four. Um, he, he's probably only going to play 20 minutes, so you, you really have to hope he's get, he gets a few blocks. He's a rookie. Um, have massive upside, but he could get he could get five X. He's a not cool Theo John. He is a yeah. I think that's accurate. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I do Are like the total Theo here. John was cool though. Hold on a second. Wait, I know, I know. Well, he went to Duke, so that has to take him down a peg. But, uh, yeah, I, that was probably a bad. The, the comp's correct, but the cool cool statement I'll, I'll retract. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. But that's a good comparison. He's just – he's not going to do much out of, outside of defensive stats. And he just – but at 3,800, you don't have to do much to, to be successful. So if you got a hole in your lineup, you know, he's a guy you could look at. Yeah. Good there. Uh, again, I, I – I mean, 153 overrunner is very enticing, but it's just hard to read the read through the tea leaves to see where it's going to come from. That's why I'm going to you rely on the Juzangs, rely on the Lewises, uh, players who have shown it and will probably show out in this one. Yeah, and I don't want to get on a tangent about this stuff, but this is the frustrating part uh, about the way pricing's been done this year is the way the way the, the way this slate is priced. There's going to be certain games that are going to get targeted more than others, and that's too bad. You know, if Arkansas was priced appropriately, uh, we wouldn't be playing. You know, there would be, uh, you know, ownership would be spread out better. And huh? but, you know, whatever it, it is, what it is, we're going to make the best of it. And and uh, you know, hopefully, as DK gets more data, uh, you know, hopefully they put a little bit more time into their pricing and it continues to get better as the year yeah, goes on. Speaking of better, Kansas Jayhawks are better than Missouri Tigers. <laughs> That's what Vegas seems to think. Yeah, I think I think that line actually opened up. So Ken Palm has it at twenty. I think that line opened up at twenty-five. Oh, geez. Yeah. Are you going to play a Missouri Tiger tomorrow, Joseph? God no. Uh, so this is a team. <laughs> oh, geez. So what? What's Kobe Brown? Eighty-two hundred, I think. He's expensive. I mean, I think he's the only guy on their team who's allowed to rebound. He's eighty-two hundred dollars. So here, here's some of their game totals this year. Totals forty-five. 55, 58, 54 in a win, 66. This this team can't score. They're they're shooting 24% from behind the arc. Like I, that's 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 awful. Um you can't play you can't pay for Kobe Brown. He's just way too expensive for this slate, especially against a really good Kansas team. And then you look through the rest of the of the Tigers it's it's a bunch of nobodies, uh, you know, and I, and I, I mean, we've heard of Javon Pickett. We've seen him do things in the past. He's a senior now. He's six five. Uh, 
he's $4,100 maybe because he has some big, some big game experience, but no, I, I, I can't do it. You know, I can't do it when I can pay 300 more for Kalkbrenner, you know? Yeah. Th- this team is a complete mess. I don't, I, I don't know how they've gotten so bad. How the hell have they gotten so bad so fast? Like th- this team is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's not, that's not, and I'm, I'm not the, the diehard Kansas fan here. This is the observer in me looking They're plus their 313th and turnover percentage. You know, they lost Drew Smith and Mark Smith, who really at least made them competitive at times last year. It's just, it's, uh, it's not good. You know what no, their most redeeming not- Ken Palm stat is? You ready for this one, bird? Yeah. The big Missouri redeeming Ken Palm stat, they are fourth in the nation at holding their opponents to 59% from the free throw line. Yay. <laughs> Those 17 fans that go to their home games must be really intimidating the free throw shooters. Now, don't we, we just, you don't got to take on the fan base. We're just talking about <laughs> the team here. And if the team is bad, hey, Columbia I know. is a nice city. I'll say that. Columbia is a nice city. Uh, you know, I went to school by there. Uh, very yeah. nice city. Yes, it is. All right. Now, can you move on to your Kansas? I imagine with a 20 point line and if this game does get ugly as anticipated, it's going to be hard to to find a Jayhawk. Yeah, I think that's the the concern here is it, it could get it could get ugly quickly. Um, Ochai Agbaje has been one of the best players in the nation, um, but he's not really a 40 DK guy. Right. There's so much balance on this Jayhawk lineup that at eighty five hundred. Yeah, I think he'll probably get 30 DK, but I, I just don't see him it's ever smashing a slate, right? It's not enough. It's not enough, yeah. And so that's frustrating. You know, I think Christian Brown is is a great play. His price continues to go up. It's up to 7,300, um, but he hasn't had a game below 31 DK in, in four games in a row now. Um, he, he's shown ceiling. He... He, he rebounds. He's, I think he's statistically there. He might even be their best rebounder statistically. Um, he's a great three-point shooter. He's got the has like the second highest two-point field goal percentage in the nation or something crazy like that. Like, and people forget he's six seven. Like he's not he's a good like player. Just some little six three guard, little white kid running around. Like he's a he's a he's a tall, strong kid. Great shooter. A great first step. Gets involved. Gets uh, you know ancillary stats. So. I think even at 7,300, you, you feel really good that he's probably going to get around 4K, 4.5K, or 4, 4X to 4.5X, you know, his, his price point. So I think he's a steady option as well. But but outside of that, is, is there really any reason to take a risk on whether Dave McCormick's going to show up or whether Remy Martin's going to start shooting the ball more or if Jalen Wilson, you know, is going to figure out, you know, who he was last year again? Like it, on this nine-game slate, are you looking for for that type of risk? No, 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 I'm not. I I I, I hate to say it, Bird, but I'll probably fade this game altogether. Uh, I mean, I obviously I'm not playing anyone on the Missouri side of things, and I've been so fortunate by playing Brown as his prices come up. Yeah. I'm waiting for the pessimist in me is waiting for the wheels to fall off. So I want to get out while the getting's good, and it's not because, like you said, he's a phenomenal player. But the continuing to average what he's been doing the last couple of weeks, eventually it's going to come off. Now, is there anyone on this bench, though, that you could that could get extended run or, or maybe make an impact at a cheaper amount? Well, I mean, Dewan Harris plays a ton of minutes, but he doesn't do anything with them. You know, he's just that he's the floor general. He, he really he moves the ball well, makes that extra pass. Um, but from a DFS perspective, he, he just really doesn't offer a whole lot. Uh, Joseph Yusefu is going to play a few more minutes. Uh, but he, I think he, he was supposed to get more run last game. He only played 10 minutes, didn't do a whole lot with it. Um, Jalen Coleman lands, comes in and, and just kind of fires up some bad threes and then goes yeah. back to the bench. Like I, it, I, I, I hate to say it because, and I kind of knew this going into the season. They've got, they're kind of like Texas a little bit where they have a lot of balance. They have a lot of really good players. And, and so until this pricing normalizes a little bit, I, I just don't think we can do it. I think at some point, you know, when Remy Martin's price goes down and he starts to find himself a little bit in a, in a Jayhawk uniform, I yeah. think he'll be somebody to fire at, but I don't think it's today at, at his current price point. No, 
I agree. Any final thoughts on Missouri, Kansas? I'm really glad that they're playing again and not because Kansas is going to win tomorrow. It just, I think it's good for basketball. I think it's good. I hope they start playing in football again. And so obviously, you know, Kansas football's rough. I do think they're doing better. They're, they're on the right path as well, but just really nice to see this rivalry again. Um, you want to give me, you want to give me 25 and do a side bet. I'll take Missouri. Yeah. I'll, I'll just for, just as a straight Homer, bet. Um, yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll take the 25 and we'll, we'll, we'll do a little piece on the side and, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to base this off of just the rivalry and the good feels yeah. and Mizzou getting up for it. Yep. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and, and I'll, I'll, the only reason I'll take the other side is just because I, you know, self could, could keep the starters in an extra minute or two, you know, just to, just to stick it to them. I like yeah, that. Just to say, you know, I hope you're in playing <laughs> SEC. Yeah, Bill's done that sort of stuff before. All right, let's get into our last game. It's the Bonnies and UConn. And, Bird, you were on our Bonnies last year. Um, UConn is banged up right now, um, but they're still a little three-point favorite. Over-under here is 139. Uh, Bird, this is a veteran team, most of last year's team uh, with the Bonaventures. They're not a super deep team. They just really play their main five guys. But uh, Kyle Lofton's got a Q tag. Yeah, I really hope he plays tomorrow. Um, he didn't play on Wednesday. They said he is targeting a return um, on Saturday mm-hmm. against UConn. So I really hope he gets some minutes. And, and you're right. And I, I've got a cough here, Joe, so, so jump in for a second. Okay, no problem. Uh, actually, he's missed his last two with an ankle injury. Um, but before that, you know, he was a max minutes guy. Most of these guys are max minutes guys. Lofton was a big usage guy, and him and Holmes really drive that offense from the backcourt. Yeah, they have such a high ceiling because they all play minutes. I mean, I think you could play any of these Bonnie guys and, and feel okay about it. Um, Lofton expensive, and, though, you know, Bert. They're really expensive. Holmes is a little overpriced. Um, so so maybe Welch. He's played 40 minutes in, in I think, back-to-back games. Yeah. But that's the nice thing is they are going to be on the floor all game long. The problem is UConn's really long, really athletic defensively, and so that's certainly a concern. Yeah, and I will say this. If for some reason we get word that Lofton doesn't go, and I know this is one of the later tips, so it's going to be hard. To, it's actually the last tip at 2.30, so it's going to be hard to do pivotings. Uh, Quadri Adams is down at 3,400. He started the last two with Lofton out. He's played 20 minutes in three straight games, and he's coming off a 21-burger. So um, for a team that doesn't go deep into his bench, if they have to go into the bench – and they have yeah. a guy that would be the one guy. But again, let's just hope Lofton's play Lofton plays because if so, this is going to be a very good basketball game. Yeah, it'd be a great game. The Bonnies have a little bit of a UCLA feel to them with some 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 good pieces, but but just generally overpriced pieces as well. Yeah. Now there is some value on uh, the UConn side of this. Now Wednesday when they uh, oh who'd they lose to on Wednesday? West Virginia. Yeah, Wednesday when they, they lost to West Virginia, uh, they were missing uh, Adama Snogo and Tyrese Martin. Now, Snogo will continue to be a no-go. Oh! Yeah, I was waiting for the pop. I mean, I've been saving that one all day. Snogo <laughs> will be a no-go as he is still out, but Tyrese Martin is uh, trying to come back. Now, he was dealing with a wrist injury, so it's not the easiest uh, basketball injury just to jump back into the fold with. Um, but if he can get back, that's that's a big lift for that team. Um, while they've been out, it's really been the R.J. Cole show. And Cole, I, I, I don't mind him at 7,600, um, especially if Bonnie's keep this close. His minutes are going to be there. And, and we know that Cole's just the kind of guy who does whatever you whatever the coach needs for the team. He's really an extension of Hurley on the floor. Uh, thoughts on my Cole take? Is he, he's way better than I thought he was. He was. Well, I mean, I think last year with book night, last two years, really with book night, you didn't know what he was, you know, all yeah. eyes were on the other guard, you know, and he just was kind of the guy who hung out in the background and made big shots and played good defense. Now with really no other guard kind of competing for a spotlight on that team, he, he's, he's, people are noticing uh, the kind of player he is. And he's got a great beard, good beards in college. I, I know I couldn't grow a beard until I was 30. Yeah, yeah, he he has a, he has a nice beard, and and I think you're right. He's the only guy who can really kind of handle the ball and and, and facilitate that offense. I, I've been really impressed with RJ Cole. You know, 7600 uh, is a, is a high price tag, but I think he's it kind is. of earned it uh, with mm-hmm. his play. 
you know, hey, Joe, with, with Sonogo out, uh, with him being a no-go, um, there's another great value play uh, from the UConn forwards as well, right? Yeah, Acock, Acock. Um, so he's a guy who was awesome two years ago, really kind of one of the up-and-coming post-stars that they had. Basically, uh, Sonogo before Sonogo got there. Um, but then he went down with a knee, missed uh, an entire season, and then wasn't was kind of a shell of himself when he got back last year. He's He's there again now. He's starting to uh, look, he looks a lot better. And uh, he kind of got the start for Sonogo. I assume that will continue. He had uh, 28 uh, two games ago and 18 last time out at 3,600. Now he's up to 3,900. And Acock, Acock, he's someone who can block some shots, collect some rebounds, uh, you know, convert around the basket. I think he's someone you want to smash into any type of lineup for sure. Yeah, I watched a lot of that game against West Virginia, and you, you just like you could just see kind of like a almost like a happiness from him up to being on the court and, and, and getting some playing time again, and, and and being a difference maker. And it was it was just kind of fun to watch, knowing you know he, he some of the time he's missed and, and some things like that. It, it was it, it was cool to watch. And at thirty nine hundred, I think he's a really, he's a really solid play. Um, I, I think you mentioned Martin. Um, he did practice today. Yeah, uh, a, a little bit. So that's probably. Probably a good sign that he could potentially play, which would probably be bad news for Tyler Polly. Uh, more so, more so for Hawkins, who's been starting okay. for him. That's the freshman. Polly's still going to be the the microwave off the bench, but Polly's been around for a long time, and he's someone who can get you thirty or get you seven. You know, yeah. and I, I think forty two hundred is the appropriate price for him. So, so for you bucket heads with the stones to to roll them out, if you catch the the one in eight games where he does do that 30 you, you're 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 in good shape but you know it, you're cooking with gas with with him yeah i, I think that's fair you know uh a cooks a lot safer for 300 less mm-hmm. uh, Polly has shown some upside and and the bonnie's you know maybe just generally overpriced uh, i think it'll be interesting to see how this slate plays out you know will there be uh some some of those games that have those more uh, more questionable or more more questionable guys that are kind of right on the fence of, of should you play them or not? Are those going to be the guys that win it for you, or is it going to be kind of what we think is going to happen? And it's going to be Arkansas, it's going to be Syracuse, it's going to be Georgetown, uh, really slamming a, a, a team to the top. So here's what I'm going to do, Bird. You tell me from a strategy perspective if this is a good strategy. I'm going to build a lineup with guys between so what is it average of six thousand two hundred fifty dollars per position if you do fifty thousand divided by eight right so i'm going to build my initial lineup with a couple of cheap guys i like and then a couple of people in that five to six range and at the end of that build i'm going to have four grand left or three grand left where i can take a five thousand dollar guy and substitute him for justin lewis at seventy five hundred or you know someone uh for eight thousand and then I'm going to just kind of work it that way and build up after I've set a foundation that I'm pleased with. Thoughts on that? Start with a balanced kind of approach and, and know you're going to have some salary left over to, to make some upgrades here and there. Yeah, start with almost like a cash approach uh, with yeah. the intent of saving money, but then build up higher for the GPP structure. Yep. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think there's, um, I, I think that's a good approach. I think you could kind of just, you could probably play six guys from Syracuse Georgetown and, and then see what you have left. Um, yeah. I, you know, you could try to fade Watch that game and off. start drinking at 11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will be drinking at like four tomorrow for that Illinois Arizona game. If you're not doing anything. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, um, is there one guy on this slate that you you're for sure going to play? Tell the bucketheads who it is. Oh man, you put me on the spot here. I did, uh, I did. Um, but you've you've seen you've seen the pricing. Is there one guy that stands out? I'll probably play a lot of Jesse Edwards at fifty three hundred against Georgetown, just because I think I, I know Matumbo's playing better lately. Uh, you know, Muhammad's a five star type of guy, but uh, I just think he's got a really safe in, in that type of game environment with a bunch of possessions. I think he's got some upside. I think he could he could pretty easily you know get thirty DK without doing a whole lot of, without doing anything really crazy. Yeah, I, he had a, I'm using air quotes here that 
is not good for the podcast universe, but he had an, a down game last game and got five X this price. You know, he's yeah. still not priced correctly. He's been, he's been smashing. Edwards is a good call up. Mine would probably be JD Note at 5,700, yeah. you know, so right there you got 11,000 for two guys and you're still under budget. And I, I just, again, that's, it's a guy who's doing a lot of stuff and is still incorrectly priced. So that would be my guy. Yeah, I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Hey, Joe, good good pod today. Why don't you close us out? Okay. Um, so first, you guys should all know of the Twitter by now, at CBB underscore DFS. We appreciate the follow there. Hey, feel free to retweet us and and, and recommend us to your friends as well. Um, we hit a milestone in followers, which we secretly were super proud of, and we want to keep growing this thing. And as you guys share our content, like our content, you know, it just gets more eyes on it. So appreciate those of you bucket heads in the Twitterverse. Um, the website is www.cbb-dfs.com. Uh, it's a dash, not an underscore. Um, we put links to our content on there on Twitter, so you can find us there. The website does have a donate button on it. We do all this for free, um, and we have for four years now because we love it, and we love the community, and we love to share. But you know, last year we put a little yellow PayPal donate button on there. So if you win a little bit of money, want to say thanks, that is an option for you. And then, like always, Bird, we'll be doing price picks tomorrow, right? Yeah, we'll tweet out price picks in the morning. Um, if you haven't signed up for price picks, you can use uh, code promo code CBBDFS. You get a 100% deposit match. Uh, price picks really fun, really easy to do. Uh, you know, sometimes it's really, it's, it's kind of frustrating at times because you think you should do better than, than maybe you do. But it's a lot of fun and it's a good way, you know, instead of competing uh, against some of the sharks, you know, you're competing against a line that's set by price picks. So, so there's a, there's a nice little price picks community there. Everybody kind of cheering yeah. for the same result, which is, which is a cool thing. Yeah. We had, we had a three X and a three X this week and we got one active right now. So, uh, you know, it, it's been Price picks has been fun. Uh, we track all of our standings on the site too. So you can kind of follow along. We recommend you come up with one of your own, maybe find one of ours you like and wins, win some money. So price picks has been awesome. Awesome to us. Again, that code was CBB DFS. If you're first signing up, uh, what is it? A hundred, hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Yeah, I think so. All right, bird. I think we're good. Yeah, I think the only thing left to do is for our bucket heads to d- just win a boatload of money tomorrow. Oh, there's one more thing. Hit the exit music. We out. <laughs> <laughs> See you, bucket